Parashat Vayishlach, good morning. Vayishlach Yaakov Malachim Lefanav. As you know, Yaakov Avinu coming back home to his parents. He is about to meet up with his brother Isav many years after their um, issue that they had that Isav wanted to kill Yaakov. And Yaakov is making preparations for this meeting, not knowing what exactly is going to happen. If Isav is going to come to fight with him or he's going to be warm with him. Pasuk says, Vayishlach Yaakov malachim lefanav. Yaakov sent angels or messengers. Rashi says, Allah shalom. They were mamash, real angels. We're not going to get into that today. He sent it. El Aisab Ahib to his brother Aisab. He sent them to Arsa Seir, to the, to the land of Seir, Sede Edom, the fields of Edom, that's where Aisab lived. Vaitsav Otam Lemor, and he commanded them, these messengers. He says, Kotomerun Ladoni Le Aisab. This is what you should say to my master, Isav. He calls him his master. Ko amar avdecha Yaakov. This is what your servant Yaakov said. Yaakov is teaching us how to speak to a goy in Galut. He's the master. You're the Ebed. That's what exile is all about. Knowing how to deal with Isav. In ways that one may think the opposite, the Torah gives us the rules. In fact, the Ramban says, the Ramban says that here, Yesh Baze Od Remez Ledorot. He says there is in this parasha a hint for the generations. He call Asher Ira Leavinu. That whatever Yaakov had to deal with, with his brother Aisab, it's always going to be that way with Bnei Aisab. Meaning when you read Parashat Vayishlach, you're not reading about a story that happened years ago. You're hearing about current events. That's what the Ramban is telling you. That whatever took place with Yaakov and Aisab, it was written down, whatever was written down, is only because it's relevant to our time whenever we are in Galut. Vera'u says the Ramban, and therefore it is befitting for us. That we should hold on to the strategy of this righteous man, Yaakov Avinu. Which means we should prepare ourselves when living with Aisab in the Galut in the three ways that Yaakov Avinu prepared himself. Litfila means prayer. We have to pray, we have to use Kohatvila. Ledoron. Doron means gift. We have to constantly be giving matanot to Aisab, to give gifts to Aisab. 
to show them how much we appreciate them, we have to act with kavod and derech eretz. Like we see, Yaakov kept bowing. He keeps saying, you're my master. I'm your servant. That is the way a Yehudi deals with Aisab in Galut. And as she says, Ul Hatsalah Bederech Milhama. Hatsalah means, as she, and Ramban says, what does that mean? Hatsalah. Saving yourself in the way of war. What does that mean? Says Ramban, Livroah Ulinatzel. A Yehudi must always know when it's time to run away to save himself. Interesting. Lehatsalah Bederech Milhama. You would think Hatzalah Derech Milhama means how to fight a war. To save yourself in the war, it would seem that you have to fight. Says In Galut, you have to know when to run away. You have to know, right? What? Cut and run. I like that. How come when I say you don't ever ask what I say? This is the way of a Yehudi in Galut. The Ramban says that if we want to live in Galut in a healthy way and make the most of our time wherever we are, whenever it is, we must be experts in this parasha. So really we should take this parasha and spend time on it day after day. Maybe we should do that one of these days. Take parashat by... This, is, this class is not going to do justice to the parasha. But we should spend day after day. Now we're in Galut. We definitely feel we're in Galut. And it's time to us for us to learn how to live in Galut. Parashat Vayishlah is that parasha. To sit down and understand it and learn it. Hashem should give us strength and time. And we'll, we'll be able to learn it by Ezrat Hashem. We got we to gotta put it on one of our to-do lists. We have, we have a lot of... I know, I know. That's the problem. We have, a lot of, we have a lot to learn. It's amazing. The guys that came to this class in the beginning thought they knew everything. That Yaakov tells Isab in Galut. Remember, this is not a historical fact only. This is the first message that Yaakov must give Isaac. The first message Yaakov gives to Isaac. Ko tomerun ladoni le Isaac. This is what you tell my master, Isaac. Ko amar avdecha Yaakov. Aim laban garti. You know. I've lived with Laban. And that is why I delayed till now. Where have I been all these years? I was with Laban. So these words, in Laban Garti, three simple words. With Laban I lived. You have books of ink has been spilled over these three words. Aim Laban Garti. Hazal see in these words much more than Yaakov telling Isav where he's been. They see in these words 
a very powerful message. Again, remember, this is the first message after you show him respect. This is your first message to Aisal. It says, Tov aharid davar mereshito. A good ending begins with a good start. So the first message to Aisal, perhaps according to that, is the most important message. Yaakov says, I've been living with Laban. Comes Rashi Alava Shalom to open our eyes to three innocent words. Says Rashi, I'm Laban Garti. Says Rashi Alava Shalom. I'm going to go to the second explanation from the Midrash. Davaraher. Garti. The word Garti. Begematria, says Rashi, in numerical value, is Taryag. Garti is the same letters as Taryag, 613. Kelomar, what was he saying to Yaisab? He was saying, I'm Laban Garti. I lived in Laban Harasha, excuse me. With the evil Laban, I lived. V'taryag mitzvot shamarti. And I kept the 613 mitzvot. V'lo lamadti mimaasav araim. And I didn't learn from his evil ways. There's so much information in the Rashi I just read to you. I'm going to read the words again. When he tells him, I'm Laban garti. He was sending him a message that all these years I've been living with Lavan Arasha. He says, "But Taryag mitzvot shamarti, I was committed to the mitzvot, and I didn't learn from his evil ways." Let's bring out some of the points in this Rashi. Number one, not in any particular order. Number one, why does he say that I didn't learn from his bad ways? If someone tells you that he lived by Lavan and he kept 613 mitzvot, we don't have any more mitzvot. So why do you have to add, I kept 613 and I didn't learn from his bad ways? Obviously, if you kept 613 mitzvot, you didn't learn from his bad ways. What's left? You kept 613 means you kept every mitzvah aseh and every mitzvah lot aseh. So, what, so what's left? What do you mean I didn't learn from his bad ways? What was the extra comment of, by the way, I didn't learn from his bad ways? You see from here that a Jew in Galut can keep 613 mitzvot and live like a goy. You can keep 613, but with the attitude of a goy. You could learn all of the habits. You could take on all of the values or some of the values of the goy. And they can become incorporated in your lifestyle, even though 
you keep 613. For example, when you go shopping for clothing, you might buy a certain kosher suit or kosher dress has all the laws of modesty. But it's the goy type of suit. It's the goy type of clothing. You may buy shoes that are kosher. Nothing wrong with them. But they're goy shoes. You can go shopping for clothing with 613 mitzvot in your pocket. And in the other pocket, you're looking at the clothing with a goy eye. Understand? Your eye is looking at it from a goy perspective. And that goes with everything that a person buys, not only clothing. A person can make a wedding kosher, everything kosher. Food kosher, mechitza kosher, everything kosher. But it has a goy twist to it. Has a goy uh, uh, tinge of taste into it, of the way people dance. Sometimes you can dance like a goy. I'm not talking about dancing boys and girls. Even boys alone and girls alone, they could dance like a goy dances. Music, kosher words, kosher words, kosher tunes. But it's got a goy element into it. It's not music that was found by Moshe Rabbeinu. It was music that was copied from the goy. And now you made it kosher in your world. You, you, you guys look lost. You understand what I'm talking about? You have no idea what I'm talking about? Huh? You don't know what I'm talking about. You know how you could take a goy music and turn into Jewish music? Yeah. You think because a Jew sings music, so it's called Jewish music? We're not talking about the Jew who doesn't keep mitzvot. That's a, we'll get to that in a minute. But you see from this midrash that a Jew in Galut could keep mitzvot but yet be on the road of the Goy. In the way he shops, in the way he dresses, in the way he dances, in the way he talks, in the way he thinks. Jack said it very beautifully. Let me explain what I'm saying. When you go into a store and you look to buy clothing and you want to see what looks respectable and nice and normal, in the place that you live, that's not called learning from ma'asav hara'in. That's not called living like a goy. But when you go into a store and you're shopping with the mindset of what does the goy do? What does the goy feel is important and valuable? What does he get excited about? Oh, he likes that watch? Let me get that watch. He didn't buy the watch because it's a nice watch. He didn't buy the watch because it looks good on your hand, because it tells time the best way. You bought it because the goy somewhere told you this watch is very, very hashub. So now you feel like a hashub goy. That's what we're talking about. So don't go in the other extreme so that you 
take everything out. What you just did is you went extreme and you cut the legs of everything I said. That's what you did. You didn't mean to do it. You didn't mean to do it. I didn't say. That's what you did. You said, oh, so that means we only have to wear strangles. That's not what I said. What I said is that when you go shopping, you buy clothing because you need to wear clothing and look decent and nice. But don't go to try to impress the goy world out there. A brand name is a goy world. A brand name doesn't make your suit nicer. Doesn't make your car better. It just makes you feel like a goy. That's what it is. Because Moshe Rabbeinu didn't care for brand names. And neither did Abraham Avinu. And neither did your great grandpa. So you took on the Ma'asabara'im. The goy decided to make clothing a statement. So you bought into that statement. Follow? And there are many things like that. I mentioned music. Music is meant to be raising the neshama, to bring the neshama closer to Hashem. But because we live in a world where music is uh, used for animalistic behaviors, so we try to adapt that sometimes. There are, unfortunately, Jewish singers who adapt the music tunes and to the tunes to, to make it Jewish, but it's not Jewish. Not the way we're supposed to dance. It's not supposed to be the way we sing. I'm not going to get into details. But bottom line, there is refined music that hits the soul and makes you feel elevated spiritually. And there's music that talks to the animal inside the person. The beats and the general makeup of the music does not get you closer to your creator. You should know that music in our history, you look at our history, music has never been, never been anything but messages between a Jew and his creator. We never sang to our dog. We never sang to our wife. We never sang to our parents. We never sang. We sing songs. We're always songs of the Jews neshama singing to his creator. So any other type of music is not, is not for, is not part of our tradition. The values of a goy could be part of our lives, right? Without even realizing. You're taking your son to a baseball game. Again, any avera on that? No avera. No one of the 613 mitzvot have been transgressed. If I take my son to a baseball game, take him, buy him a hot dog, buy him popcorn and cracker jacks. A person, a person is allowed to spend time with their children to bring them closer to him. But when it's celebrated, when, when something of... Uh, when sport is celebrated, that's not a Jewish thing. Jews don't celebrate sports. We can play sports. We can exercise. We can enjoy. But to celebrate a sport, that's not a Jewish thing. Yaakov says to Isaac, I didn't go to games. I didn't celebrate the Olympics with Levan. 
I kept the mitzvot, and I also let, I, I led a Jewish valued life. Again, there is no avera in going to a sports game. But it's definitely, especially if it's celebrated, sometimes you have to go for camaraderie or you have to go for other reasons. But if it's celebrated as if I'm doing something hashuv, I'm going to go and spend $10,000 on the seat. I have to wait online to make sure, you know, people stay up all night in the cold to make sure they get their first tickets. That, 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 that's, that's not Jewish. That's not a Jewish ide ideal. And there are many things, I'm afraid, the more examples I give, the more guys I lose next week. I see already some guys are uh, checking out. But we can give many examples. I'll give you another example, which might hit home. Sitting in a restaurant for five days a week, for four hours at a shot, is not a Jewish thing. Going out to eat. To eat could be Jewish. Going out to eat just to spend time every night for four hours is not a Jewish thing. And unfortunately, that is, again, you ate kosher, you went kosher, you, got, you went to, everything was perfect. But that's not what we do. We don't go out, again, you're going out with your wife because you need to spend time with her and it's hard to do it at home and you want to go spend time with your wife and you use it as an excuse. That's not a problem. I'm not talking about that. But to make it your lifestyle that we just go out from place to place, again, that's called using food in a way that food wasn't given to Am Yisrael. Food was given, like Yaakov says, lehem le'echol. We live to eat. We don't eat to live. When we spend too much time and we put too much emphasis on the food, or we take pictures of the food, and we send it out, that's called ma'asav hara'im. You say, what's so bad of taking a picture of a steak? Why is that so bad? Because you are giving value to something that isn't valuable. When you give value to a steak, you're taking away value from something that's important. All of these things have ramifications. So again, you went out to eat, you didn't do any Averot. But that's not how a, goy, a Jew lives. A Jew has more precious things to do with his time than to go out for four hours every night. He asked me, is there any kosher entertainment? So first, entertainment, the uh, Webster's Dictionary's definition, at least mine, Entertainment means you pay someone to babysit people who have nothing to do. You heard that? Oh, you didn't get that. Selective I heard it. entertainment equals paying someone to babysit people who have nothing to do in their time. Entertainment, entertainment is for people who are lacking simha. Simha is something very deep in the human neshama that a person has when they're accomplishing in life. Accomplishing doesn't mean they have to learn all day, but they work hard, they're watching their children, 
they're reading up on things that they have to learn. They spend their time doing quality things. Those people have simha. They don't have space to waste their time if someone entertaining them. Entertainment is for the empty heart of simha that needs to be externally uh, stimulated by things to keep them up, to keep them high. It's like a drug that may not be as dangerous, but it's well, why do people take a drug? Why do people get high? People who get high are obviously not very high on life. If you're high on life, you don't need to drink. It's another item, by the way. It's another item I should talk about. Let's go, Shabbat morning, Maza. So we finished Tefilat Shahrit from the soul. Nishmat kol hai, we say Hashem, we love you, we thank you, we can't wait to be with you. Then all of a sudden, all the bottles come out. If a goy would look at us, he would think that the way to get close to Hashem is through Arak. And bottles of whiskey. The Aron, the Aron HaKodesh. They open up, they open up the Aron and you see all the different ways of how a person elevates himself to Hashem. This is, tell me, this is a Jewish way. You think Moshe Rabbeinu, that's the way he spent his time on Shabbat morning. He went drinking and he had mazah with drinks and occupied a stop. That's, again, how many Averot did you do? None. But that's a Goy mentality. A Goy mentality is to have a good time. Bring out the alcohol. That's how you have a good time. That's called goy. That's not called, that's called lavan. Not called yehudi. Again, you'll forgive me. You'll forgive me that I'm saying things, but they're so obvious. You don't need a very big rabbi to say this. I'm telling you simple things. Maybe it's things that you don't usually hear. People are scared of you. They need your money, so they t- they're afraid to tell you. They say, oh, Isaac. You're the best Jew since Moshe Rabbeinu. You, David, like Abraham Avinu. It's Haq. Abraham, it's Haq and Yaakov, Moshe Aaron. And you walk out saying, wow, Baruch Hashem. Next day he comes, can I have your money? How much can you give me? Yeah. Yain yesamach levavenosh. Ah, ah, beautiful, beautiful. Exactly, exactly. The levav enosh, that's not so sameach. He needs yain. But if a person, if a, he's an enosh, but if you are a Yehudi, if you're a real person, and you have simha, you don't need to have all that stuff. So I was saying, I was saying, that a person spending time with his kids, going to see animals at the zoo, going to take them on rides, to get a connection, using entertainment to bring people closer together and to give them a good time that is not what I'm talking about I'm talking about mature people who are just occupying their time because they have nothing to do better with their time that's what I'm talking about whenever you use food to bring you and your wife closer to bring you and your children closer That's a beautiful thing. Spend eight hours at dinner if that's your goal. 
There's nothing more beautiful than a family that loves each other and spends time with each other and they talk to each other and they share with each other. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking where the things that are being done are going to give you a positive uh, uh, result. I'm talking about people who just search for entertainment because they have nothing to do. And really, if they ask me, well, what should I do in my time? That's a good question. You should ask that question. What should you be doing with your time? Life is more precious than looking for things to do. People get so upset when a person loses their life, especially if they're younger. People cry. People rip their clothes. They sit on the floor. Why? When that person is alive, he has nothing to do. What value is there to his life? Life's value is what you make valuable from the opportunities of life. So again, when you do things in life, they should be meaningful. You should not go to the gym to look good. You should go to the gym to feel healthy. That's good. The same action. Same thing. I didn't say don't go to the gym, but go to the gym, take care of your body. Don't go to the gym so you can look at your muscles in the mirror. That's not, that, 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 that's called Lavan. Yaakov would work out so he could feel happy, he could feel healthy. He would go eat too. He would go eat to connect with his family. But he wouldn't do things that have no meaning. That's called And that's the first message Yaakov give Isav. It's the first message. The first message is, Yaakov, not only did I keep mitzvot, that wasn't enough. I kept mitzvot, but I didn't live like Lavan. That's an important part of staying healthy in Galut. If you want to stay healthy in Galut, by the way, you think Isaf cares that Yaakov kept 613 mitzvot? I want to ask you, is that really a message that would you know, penetrate very deep in Isaf's values. What does Isaf care if Yaakov kept 613 mitzvot? Good question. Well let, me, well, let me tell you the answer. The answer is that everybody knows that there's more expected of Am Yisrael. If a Jew, God forbid, tomorrow would steal or kill someone, it would be on the front page of every newspaper. Now, we call that anti-Semitism. I mean, there are a thousand people in New York City today that kill and steal and rob. And they're not even in the newspaper. But one Jew does something, he's in the front pages. We call that anti-Semitism. But let me tell you what really it is. It is a world of people who expect more from a Jew. Yes, everybody can kill and steal and do and curse and do. But a Jew does that? That's big news. Because there's more expected from a Yehudi. Like we've been learning the last few days. Yes, Hashem did choose us because we chose a higher level of life. And when a Jew lives like a Goy, at the end of the day, the Goy doesn't appreciate it even though it would seem closer to home and in more kavod to his values. You should know, here's a message for Galut that maybe you didn't know. 
that when the Goy sees that Yaakov is holding on to his mitzvot and is not learning from the values of Lavan, the Jew will be protected and the Jew will be safe. Remember that message. The first message to Isav in Galut, if you want to survive Galut and you want to be successful in Galut, is you tell Isav, you don't have to tell him. You just have to do it. I kept the mitzvot and I'm living with my values of my grandpa. That will be actually, that will be our protection in Galut. And if you study Jewish history, you will see clearly that whenever we veered off from our tradition and our mitzvot, it is only then when the Goy, when Aesav, came to attack us. So the first message to a Goy in Galut is our behavior as a Yehudi. I'm Lavan Garti, I kept Taryag mitzvot. I didn't learn from his values. I'm not trying to be like you. I respect you. I bow to you. I give you gifts. I give you all the respect in the world. But I don't live like you. I don't act like you. I don't learn from you. Respect is one area. And how I live my life is another area. When a Jew lives like this in Galut, he is guaranteed success in Galut. Like Yaakov Avinu says, now notice, notice, notice the words. I'm Lavan Garti. Those are very, very powerful words. Yaakov Avinu is not only telling us and Aisav how he survived, Gal uh, excuse me, that he survived Galut, but he tells him how he survived Galut. He says, I'm Lavan Garti. You know what the word Garti means? You know what the Shoresh? What is the root of the word Garti? Ger. Ger means a foreigner, a stranger. You know how I was able to be able to keep my power as a Yehudi in Galut? You know how? I never felt at home. I'm Lavan Garti. I always saw myself as a Ger. I don't belong here. This is not my country. This is not my land. I'm thankful to the country. I help the country. I support the country. But it's not my country. It's not my home. It's very hard for us to do that today. Especially when you pay $5 million for your house. Or you invest in so many different areas in the place that you live. You feel this is my home. I visit Eretz Israel once in a while when I have a bar mitzvah, but my home is in America. Says Yaakov, that is the recipe to getting lost in Galut. How did I keep my strength? How did Yaakov Avinu remain Yaakov im Lavan Garti? I never made myself a comfortable, too comfortable in my mind where I am. That's why the Pasuk says, it says, 
Look at this beautiful pasuk by Yosef HaTzadik. I'm telling you, you, you know why this is hitting us a little harder than usual? Because we're in Galut. And we see all of these things in front of our eyes. How we have been snatched in Galut. That's the only reason. I'm not saying any major Haidushim. I'm teaching you a pasuk in the Torah. And Yaakov is addressing such an obvious reality that we live with. But here are the clear instructions. Look at, look at Yosef at Sadiq. Yosef at Sadiq. It says in Parashat Miket, the Pasuk says, Yosef has a boy, first son. Pasuk says he, in those days when they named a boy or a girl, there was a, a certain message, a certain meaning, a certain depth to it. He called his firstborn Menashe. What is Menashe? Hashem has made me forget. It called Amali. All my toil, that called Bet Avi and all my family, my father, my family, my brothers. I forgot all of them. I forgot everything. The Mefarshim asked, that's how Yosef names his son? He's happy he forgot everything? Okay, he forgot his toil? Okay. He forgot his father? He's very happy? Rav Hurst says in his beautiful words, no wonder he never sent a message to his father he's alive. You know, all the Mepharshim ask, how come he didn't send his father? He says, now I know why he didn't send his father. Because he forgot him. That's a, that's a, and you're naming your son? You're so proud? Could you imagine someone so proud? I'm so happy. You know why he named his man Because I finally forgot my father. I forgot my family. I forgot where I came from. Says Rav Hirsch and others. That's... That's the pride of Yosef. And says the Malbim so beautifully, and others also say this, so beautifully. He says, the Malbim says, no, it's opposite. He says, one of the biggest concerns of great people in life is that they will forget the important people and the important values in their life. That's one of their biggest fears, that when they succeed in a land that's far from home especially, that they will forget who they are, forget where they came from. Says the Malbim, Yosef saw that he was forgetting. He was forgetting his real values. He was forgetting his grandpa. He was forgetting where he came from. Could you blame him? He's in Egypt. He's the powerful man in Egypt. He has all the money, all the respect. All, everything he has, he's living the life. How many Jews in Galut are living the life? They have it all. Yosef had more than that. And he saw that he was starting to forget who he was. So what did he do? Says the Malbim, he named the son Menashe. That every time he would say Menashe, it would remind him, Yosef, don't forget where you came from. Don't forget who you are. Don't forget your true values. Don't get lost in this galut. 
the great people. That is the way they handled it. They were afraid of this. They were afraid of falling in Galut as not temporary, as Kavua. They would, they would be set in Galut and forgetting where they came from. That's the way of Yosef. Moshe Rabbeinu did the same thing with his son. He called the son Gereshom. What's Gereshom? Gerayiti Beres I am a Ger. I am a stranger here. This is not my home. That's why the Pasuk says in the beginning of Shemot. Ve'ele Shemot Bene Yisrael Habaim Mitzrayma. Habaim means that are coming to Egypt. Mefarshim ask Habaim. It's to say, Habau. Ba'im means that are coming. How many times did Yaakov and his family come to Egypt? Once, it should say, Bnei Yisrael, Habau. The ones that came to Mitzrayim. It happened only once. What's Ba'im that they're coming? Hazal explained beautifully, you know why Yosef and his children were protected until they got lost after? Because they always considered themselves Ba'im. They always considered yourself, oh, we just got here. We're coming now. They never felt that they were part of the country in a serious way. They felt like strangers, like visitors. Not my home. This is not my place. I'm here. I'm thankful. Again, I'll do whatever I can to help the country I'm in. But this is not my place. This is not my home. I'm Lavan Garti. Because I always made sure I was a girl. My Lavan. I didn't look at this land as my home or my future. Tariag Mishvot Samarti. I said, This is the this is the instruction for a Jew in Galut. There's a little more on the subject. I'll just tell you, you know, one last thing. Just a minute. Why does he say Tariag Mitzvot Shamarti? Shamarti means I watched, I guarded the mitzvot. He should say. I fulfilled. Even today, what do we say? The guy is Shomer Torah Mitzvot. What a weird thing. He guards the Torah and Mitzvot. He's Shomer Shabbat. Very, very odd word, Shomer. Not Shomer. He's living Shabbat. He's living Torah and Mitzvot. He's fulfilling. What do you mean Shomer? I'm guarding. You see from here that it's not enough to do Mitzvot. All of us do mitzvot. We all do many good things. Shomer means that you're focused and you're always ready to make sure that you do the mitzvot when the opportunity comes. You're waiting. Abiv shamar et adavar. It says that Yaakov was waiting to see what's going to happen with Yosef's dreams. Shomer mitzvot is a Jew who awaits the opportunity of mitzvah. Not one who does mitzvot. He's waiting for Shabbat. Not one who keeps Shabbat. He waits for the Shabbat. Part of waiting is excitement. And part of waiting is learning the halakha. Because many things can be happening in your life. And you're not even aware they're mitzvot. So shomer mitzvot is someone who's always learning about the mitzvot. To know, to make sure that no opportunity passes him without realizing there was a mitzvah. I was Shomer Torah Mitzvot, means I learned about the mitzvot and I always prepared myself and protected myself that I will do the mitzvot. For example, where you choose to live, 
That's part of being Shomer Torah Mitzvot. You could live anywhere you want. There's no Avera living anywhere you want. However, if you're Shomer Torah Mitzvot, part of the Torah Mitzvot is you got to guard yourself. Where am I going to live that's going to make the best production of my Torah and Mitzvot? That's called Shomer. You're watching ahead to make sure that you protect yourself, that you learn about the mitzvot, and that you're in a position to fulfill the mitzvot the right way. It says, Tariag mitzvot shamarti. Not kiyamti. It's not enough to say, I do mitzvot. Not enough to add mitzvot. Shamarti, I got it. That is the message to the Yehudi in Galut. Aim lavan garti. Tariag mitzvot shamarti. Belo Lamati Mimasa Varaim Rabotai have a wonderful day.